and glory, America. Bonjour. Hi, Canada. It's Hugh Hewitt. That music means it's the last radio hour of my week. That means it's the Hillsdale Dialogue, where once a week I go high and I go back in time and I go to important issues that endure with one or more of the great voices that reside within the Hillsdale College ecosystem. All things Hillsdale are at hillsdale.edu. Uh, all of their online courses, all of our previous Hillsdale Dialogues are at hugh4hillsdale.com. This week, we don't have Dr. Larry Arm. We do have Dean Matthew Spaulding, who helms Hillsdale in D.C., the graduate program at Hillsdale College in the District of Columbia. Dean Spaulding is always uh, a frequent welcome guest on the Hugh Hewitt Show. Good morning, Dean. How are you? Good morning, Hugh. How are you? I've I've got Georgia on my mind. Uh, You and me both. I I like to begin (laughs) after this 10 days of extraordinary uh, stress with an open-ended question, what do you think, what are you thinking about the most? Well, I, I you know, I, I think the, uh, you know, particularly one thinks of next steps and where things go, but I, I think it's important to back up for a moment and put this in, in perspective. Uh, if, if you look at the, uh, what happened, let's, let's set the presidency aside for a moment, let them do the recounts, let them figure that out, let's hold it in place for a moment, look at everything else, um, the percentage differences at the presidential level, from my cal- my rough calculations, and I'm not a math, not in the math department, the politics department. Uh, it's about 0.002 percent of the American electorate determined the outcome in those six or seven key states. 0.002. This was an amazingly close election, and then if you add to that, what happened to the House where they picked up seats? But what happened in the state houses, which I think is now, what, two or three pickups? Uh, Republicans picked up a governor. All other things being equal, this was actually a quite successful can- uh, election for the Republicans. And there is no mandate uh, for a progressive way. So you've got a real divide uh, in this country, divided very seriously on legitimate, serious grounds. You had a presidential election, which is un, you know, undetermined, but looks like uh, Joe Biden is, is the presumptive winner of that. But that means you're going into this um, elections in Georgia. But in general, you're looking forward to midterms of the next presidency, presidential election in a situation where the two parties are very divided and the more extreme elements of progressivism, which the pollsters all told us was on a a, a huge wave uh, did not happen. So I think that re- kind of resets the political debate in a way that makes this a much more fluid and open field conversation, as opposed to those who might have thought that this was a huge um, wave against not only uh, President Trump, but Trumpism and the new set of agenda that's coming together through the party. I think all of that is an open question right now. And I think that, in particular, then will change and shape how you look at those uh, Georgia runoff Senate seats. Now, uh, uh, Dr. Spaulding, I want to talk about something Dr. Arn has said since 2015 about Donald Trump. He has always defended and obliged himself to follow the Constitution. The Constitution does not dictate Twitter norms. The Constitution dictates that the executive follow the judiciary, et cetera. It, it dictates that you need... 
a constitutional majority to be the president. It dictates that the Senate has to pass and the House has to agree and they both have to confer and send to the president. He's never departed from them. I have not seen any evidence he's going to do so here. I believe there's a lot of hysteria on the left. I mean, ridiculous, absurd hysteria that is intentionally provoked by people in bad faith. Do you agree with my assessment of that? No, I, I, I think that's right, and, and I would also have to point out that I think that there are um, friends of ours who are kind of looking for possibilities about what might happen here and what kind of grasping at possibilities. I think the, the, the important thing right now is that we proceed with the, the proper legal and constitutional processes. States have to certify their elections. Uh, they get to a point where they certify, they send electors. I mean, this is why there is this complicated process called the Electoral College to kind of keep these things in check within the legal process. And if something comes up that, that uh, we, we find, if there are the actual cases of fraud, which I'm sure there are out there, they should be gone after and shut off. And Florida now, right now, what I can tell, has a very good electoral system because they reacted against uh, what happened in 2000 and beyond in terms of their electoral system. But the larger question, the bigger question is about the outcome and changing the outcome of the election. Let's let the process go through. Let's, there are going to be a couple of recounts. Uh, there are going to be some, uh, some lawsuits which have already been filed. Those right now do not strike me as uh, such. They will turn over the election. They might make some corrections about uh, absentee balloting or balloting after the uh, election date, which I think would be good to do. But they're not going to change the outcome. Play all that out. Let it be played out in a legitimate, serious, thoughtful way. You know, Matt, uh, over at HughHewitt.com and indeed at the website of every Salem host, there is a a banner at the very top. If people want uh, change in the electoral system, if they want audits, if they want a review of everything that's happened, they can sign that petition. It's at HughHewitt.com. And it's it's got words in it that I wouldn't have used. I didn't write it. But I know what the, the genesis of it is, which is frustration at the obvious malignancy of some areas in the country when it comes to transparency and of dysfunction in other areas of the country simply because they're outdated and they're run by just uh, incompetent buffoons. Uh, That can't be dictated from the federal government. That has to be organic. Do you think there is an uh, within the states, because we have a federal system, do you sense that that Florida effect of 2000 will now be felt in places like Pennsylvania and Wisconsin in Arizona and Nevada and all throughout the union? Oh, no, I, I, I think it will. The question will be how much it does. I mean, look, the, uh, the federal government, by the Constitution, the, the, the electoral systems is controlled by the states. And in particular, the state legislatures actually have the driver's seat here. And in Pennsylvania and Michigan, for instance, the legislature is controlled by the Republicans with the Democratic governor. Uh, they're going to have to get this figured out. Now, I would add it's to everyone's interest looking to, you know, two, four, eight, you know, all the years ahead uh, to get all of this cleared up. If you're a Democrat or Republican, it doesn't matter. You want to have a clean electoral system. Uh, you want to get your rolls clean. You want to shut down fraud. And I, and I hope after this election there will be some serious rethinking about um, uh, part of the problems of this election in particular are not – some of it is what's going on right now, and there are claims to look into, but really it's things that happened prior to the election in terms of allowing uh, mail-in balloting, extending deadlines, 
uh, uh, reducing the checks on on that, that balloting in terms of signatures. Uh, those things are legislative questions that need to be thought through prior to the elections and looking ahead. They need to go back and, and, and look at those and I think pull back on some of these. Now, Matt Spaulding, they they create these conditions that that give the perception of of fraud. uh, And you can see these correlations and that undermines people's confidence in the system. You need to have confidence in the system rebuilt. Now, now, Dean Spaulding, I, I have told everyone I'm very, very disappointed in the result of the presidential election. But I have also told everyone this isn't my first rodeo. I've been in presidential elections since 1976. And I've won six and I've lost six, meaning that my candidate won six times and my candidate lost six times. That's generally the sign of a healthy society. And I have encouraged younger people who are despondent to hang on to that. They're going to be doing this for 60 years. You just got to put on the full armor and be ready to go up and down because that's the way it works. No, I I think that's right. But also in, in particular, in this particular election, this is why I start off with backing up and seeing what else is going on. There are tectonic, uh, the, the plates are kind of moving in ways that if you look at those, I mean, I mean, look, the, the Hispanic and black and Asian vote changes in numerous districts in n- numerous states suggest to me that kind of the identity, identity politics theory of modern progressivism isn't working well. Uh, what's happened in the House and and these uh, Senate seats didn't flip over. Remember what the polling was telling us beforehand. You've you got to add this to this picture as well. It's not just one vote for one person, even though the presidency is so important and it's so disappointing. But the, the evidence there is, is these battles aren't settled. Uh, the Republicans are going to live to fight another day. They're actually set up for midterms in two years. Um, and all those electoral votes, all those states were within a whisker. You know, I think that the biggest one is, is you know, Michigan and, and now Pennsylvania is going a little bit, but these are not wipeout states. When we come back, we're going to talk about that polling issue because it's a huge deal. America has got to uh, get off of polls. The addiction must be broken. Stay tuned, America. It's the Hugh Hewitt Show. Welcome back, America. It's Hugh Hewitt. The Hillsdale Dialogue is underway. All things Hillsdale, including the applications, which are soaring because, of course, they do college at Hillsdale and they do it the right way are available at hillsdale.edu. Dean Matthew Spaulding runs the graduate school for Hillsdale in Washington, D.C. Dean Spaulding, when we went to break, I said I was going to talk to you about polling. On Thursday's program, Chuck Todd and I, and Chuck's a friend, and he knows how failing, how great the epic failure of polling was. It's a, it's a year that will live in infamy for pollsters. It, they, they, it can't get any worse. They were all wrong except Trafalgar. Terribly, terribly, terribly wrong. Uh, we have to not pay attention to one poll out of Georgia. And Chuck began with, you got to have sample size of at least 10,000. There are lots of reforms. I don't trust them to be made in time for Georgia. But even if they were made for four years from now, I just think they're terrible for democracy. What is your thinking about polling? No, look, the, um, they, they were off in 2016. They were off this time. The, the, there's already one early poll out in Georgia for those Senate races, and it's done by the same group. That had um, uh, that showed Trump would would be lose by uh, was only ahead by five or six points and he actually won by sixteen. So I have zero confidence, and the American people have zero confidence in polls. This is this is part of a larger problem, I think, in our in our politics. Uh, the the 
for so long, we have come to look to technical experts to give us information about how we should uh, have what, what our opinions should be. I think polling is, is, is a piece of that. We used to think that it was straightforward, ask people their, their opinion, record it, and report it. But there are so many things we now know about uh, what assumptions go into your model, what do you account for, what are your turnout uh, numbers, um, and you know, push polling, and we know that uh, people don't like to answer their phones. Some of it's on online. I think as any claim that polling had to a science, I think it's been completely undermined. Uh, not only is it not a science, but there's sufficient evidence, I think, to suggest that it's being used to man- manipulate opinion. To depress, to regret, to yes. Well. Um, to- so I think it needs to be removed as a factor, as, so- as a so-called objective factor in our politics and seen for what it is. We have polls in this country. Same way we have <laughs> – we, we, our poll is, is called an election. Uh, people go out and vote. Uh, that's what the poll is, and that's the only poll that I know that's actually accurate anymore. And, and Dr. Spalding, I, I have seen the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, and people in Georgia are listening to me right now, already run a poll uh, by the same people that were discredited. And I, I right. can't believe it. It's like going to a doctor who has serially killed patients. It's like, oh, I want that surgeon who has managed to leave 20 dead people on the operating table. Why in the world would a reputable media organization, maybe the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, isn't uh, resort to a poll right now? Because it gets clicks? That's just ridiculous. Well, that or, at the very least, we discount it because last time they were off by 10 points. Does that actually mean it's off by 10 points this time? this You're right. I'm wondering if the Hillsdale network is strong in Georgia, Dr. Spaulding. Are there lots of Hillsdaleans down there? Oh, sure, sure. We have lots of people that get in Primus and members of the President's Club, um, as we do lots of places. But but uh, we have a lot of friends in in Georgia. I hope they're listening, and, and I'm sure our listening, followers are listening everywhere about what's going on there. The um, I, I think it's an, we're in this unusual situation where you've got two runoffs, in one state at the same time in a crucial election. This is monumentally significant, uh, historically unusual, uh, and I think this is going to be a heck of a fight, and we should ignore polling and get down there and, and focus on it. Um, and you know, the outcome of that is going to determine the balance of the, of the U.S. Senate at a time when we've had a very large debate uh, and uh, at issue here is whether there's going to be a very very extensive and broad progressive agenda, and comes back to an issue we've discussed many times before, which is this point about packing the courts. When we come back so from break, we're going to talk about every bad thing that's going to happen if the Democrats win those Georgia races, and every good thing that's going to happen if the Republicans win those Georgia races. But we are not going to rely on polls on this show because that is actually malpractice. It is malpractice for a broadcast journalist of any sort, especially during the Hillsdale Dialogue. If you want to reform the election system, go sign the petition at youhewitt.com. But if you want to know what is going on, stay tuned to this Hillsdale Dialogue. I'll be right back with Dean Matthew Spaulding. All things Hillsdale at hillsdale.edu. Welcome back, America 2 Hewitt. Joined by Dean Matt Spaulding. He is, of course, in charge of the graduate program of the Hillsdale College in D.C., the Kirby Center at Kirby Center. You can also... Uh, uh, Find an application to the graduate program at Hillsdale in D.C. at hillsdale.edu. And you can find all of our previous conversations at HughForHillsdale.com. 
Dean Spalding, let's talk Georgia now. Um, the, the, the pathways ahead of the United States, there are two. One is with Mitch McConnell as leader, and one is with uh, Chuck Schumer as leader. I want to play for our audience what Chuck Schumer said last Saturday, cut number one. Now we take Georgia, and then we change the world. Yeah! I'm sorry, can you repeat that, Mr. Schumer? Now we take Georgia, and then we change America. So I don't want anyone to think I've edited it. This is the real tape. I'm airing it at the same time on video at HughHewitt.com. I want to play it once more so everyone can hear what the minority leader of the Democratic Senate said and what he intends for Georgia. Cut number one. Now we take Georgia, and then we change the world. Yeah! I'm sorry, can you repeat that, Mr. Schumer? Now we take Georgia, and then we change America. Okay, so Matt Spaulding, the verb is take and change. The the original one is take uh, Georgia and then change the world. Part two is take Georgia and change America. What do you make of that? Well, uh, let me uh, uh, back up and make a, a, a general comment here and remind people of the role of the, of the U.S. Senate. Uh, when we go back and read the Federalist Papers, right, the Senate plays a particular role, which is to moderate those moments when the uh, poli- the passions of politics kind of get out of hand, and they want to push in a in a direction. These sudden impulses. Um, that's just, it's there to check the House um, and the the uh, the, uh, the political passions of the House. Uh, I think what we're seeing is is uh, the the momentum of, of that election, which was for that those, that progressive agenda that wants to change America, all the things we've talked about, observed before, that is now pent up and it's and it's still in control more narrowly in the House. But they're trying to proceed on the notion that they have a mandate and they want to push it into the Senate. And I think that's what that quote reflects. And I think the question here is whether the Senate uh, should be understood to play a role in checking that. That, that immediate passion. All of our conversation about how this is, there was not a mandate in this election. It's a divided country. There are many signs that Trumpism is alive and well. Uh, they picked up a lot of seats in the House. Um, all of those are signs that actually what should happen here is, is this should not be uh, a discussion about Trump or Biden in Georgia. This is a discussion about what's the legislative um, uh, pressure for their agenda, which will be put on a, a president Biden. And in that yeah. context, looking at it from broad constitutional point of view, the Senate needs to play that role. And so any any kind of moderate old Democrat or Republican who may or may not like, not like Trump personally, they should look at the, the, the dynamic of that conversation should be a different conversation now. And I think that Schumer quote really shows you where, where the, 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 that legislative majority in the House, that passion wants to go, and he's part of that uh, Democratic base, I think. So what are the different paths, Matt Spaulding? What happens if Mitch McConnell is the leader of the Senate because the Republicans win both of these races in Georgia, Kelly Leffler and David Perdue are reelected? What is the path ahead if Chuck Schumer becomes the majority leader of the Senate because the, the you know, AOC light John Ossoff and the radical Reverend Warnock win those elections? Well, if, I, I think the, um, you know, if they win those elections, they've got a majority. they got 50 in the House. The vice president will give them the 51 they need. 
all the agenda items talked about uh, throughout this election. Um, uh, not only large legislative actions, such as the Green New Deal, but the things I worry about more is when you start making some structural changes uh, to the system. Uh, they, they would get rid of the filibuster. I have no doubt, even though that uh, Senator Manchin said he doesn't like that idea, they'll pull him into that. They'll get rid of the filibuster. Once you get rid of the filibuster, now it's open to um, adding D.C. and Puerto Rico to get more senators and uh, packing the court. And they'll figure out some way to do that without it being so obvious, I think. Uh, But also other things, changing the Electoral College or adjusting how it works through uh, allowing states to have compacts. Um, So all those things are back on the table. I think the best outcome for um, uh, here is have that keep a a Republican majority in the Senate. You're going to have a a narrow Democratic majority in the House. You've got divided government. This is actually going to be better for a potential Biden Biden presidency. He is he is just seen in this election. This was a close election. This was not a mandate for the progressive base of his party. He's already talking about moderating his cabinet appointees. Uh, he's already thinking about what that might mean. And lo and behold, I think you actually see might might see more things happen on some reasonable things if a President Biden and a Senator Mitch McConnell are working together. That's going to put immense pressure on the House. And all of a sudden, you've got you've got you've got the workings of constitutional government government again, and they're working together. Now, Dean Spaulding, I don't believe. Well, let me preface that the a lot in the media are calling this a, quote, base election in Georgia, meaning that all the Republicans are going to turn out and all the Democrats are going to turn out and they're going to vote for the Republicans and the Democrats, respectively. I reject that. I believe this is really about a left right election and that center left Democrats will vote for the Republicans because they do not want. And I'm just going to run through it. A packed Supreme Court. There are lots of Democrats that do not want to reduce military spending. There are lots of Democrats that do not want the new Green Deal. There are lots of Democrats that do not want to see skyrocketing taxes. There are lots of Democrats that don't want to end Medicare as we know it and make it single payer. There are lots right, of union right. Democrats. I mean, this are, is not are, a base election or defunding the police. So I is it, it do you share my opinion that to call it a base election is to deny volition to the Georgia voters to be smart enough to know what's on the table here? No, I, I completely agree. I think, I think that's why I, the dynamic of the whole conversation has changed. I think it's another reason why the polling is completely meaningless. Um, and and you know, if the presidential question is, is resolved, and I think by then it will be resolved. It will be resolved as we go through this. Um, that removes a, a, that piece of it. And so now you're literally talking about whether you want to give unified government to one party to do all of those things. And and I have uh, I think that will be a unified government will be driven by legislative the legislature rather than the presidency. Uh, Senator Biden would be a, a relatively weak president. Um, and so I think that's precisely what the question is. I don't think it is about Trump versus Biden. I think it's about who controls the government and what kind of agenda and where are we going? And that kind of question, I think, is a very different question. I think that. The, the mix of, of voting will be very different. And I think a lot of people, a lot of moderate Democrats, don't they, they wanted to change the presidency. They would like to have different things on the agenda, but they don't want to change America. They don't yeah. want to transform the country. Let's go back there. After World War II, England elected a socialist government. They chose to try socialism. 
That is not foreclosed in America. I just don't believe two-thirds of the American people want to do that. I, I think if this is actually explained in detail, Georgia will repudiate Ossoff and Warnock. I really do believe that if it's explained in detail. I, you know, We should send roses to Chuck Schumer. I want to play it again. Cut number one. Now we take Georgia, and then we change the world. Yeah! I'm sorry, can you repeat that, Schumer? Now we take Georgia, and then we change America. What do you think he means, Dean Spaulding? Well, um, <laughs> I've seen that tape many times, and, and one of the things I find amazing about it is he was actually he was actually willing to repeat it. Yes, double down. <laughs> so it wasn't a it wasn't a hot mic that caught it. He said it. A reporter asked him to repeat it, and he repeated it loud and clear. Um, by transform, they mean this whole array of things. The 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 deep progressive agenda here is to structurally change the country. It's not merely uh, it, it will raise taxes because there's a lot of things they want to do, uh, but they want to really change how the country operates uh, in a in a in a radical way by um, uh, changing, getting the court out of the way, adding more senators so you undermine the role of the Senate. They would like to change the nature of the Senate if they could. Um, these are the, this, this is precisely the kind of, of, of passionate-driven, interest-driven faction that the American constitutionalism was meant to check. What are the checks on that? Well, the, the immediate check before us, the, the, the intended check, the check that led to the creation of a House and a Senate and the division of the legislature in the first place, is precisely what is at issue here. The role of the Senate is precisely to check that, that passionate interest, that faction, prevent it from running the government, and balancing it. And so they would have to work together in the legislative deliberative process. That's now, exactly Senator, Manchin, Senator Manchin, in what I consider to be a naked attempt to confuse people, said, don't worry about the Supreme Court. Don't worry about that. I'm not going to go for that. Uh, and we got a minute here, uh, Dean Spaulding. I, I like Senator Manchin. I don't believe him for a second. Not one second. I think he would not vote the Supreme Court. But the nominees that the judges that, that he would support are way to the left of the nominees that Mitch McConnell would allow through. And that's just the first step. I, look, I, I, I like Senator Manchin. West Virginia is a, is a great state and is pushing him and pulling him in that direction. If that's where Senator Manchin is, he should go independent and caucus with the other party to make that clear. That's how uh, politics works. He shouldn't just make those kind of promises. I'd, I'd suggest he think about you know, where he where he is on this question. Well said. I'll be right back. The final segment of this week's Hillsdale Dialogue. Straight ahead, all things Hillsdale at hillsdale.edu. Before that last segment, though, let me double check on the markets brought to you by Birch Gold. Uh, you can find all the gold you need to buy at hughgold.com, hughgold.com, or text my name, Hugh, H-U-G-H, to 474747. Uh, gold this morning at 1879 an ounce. And, you know, I think below 1900 is amazing. Uh, I bought gold well above 1900 and I don't regret it because I never sell gold. I just put it in the safety deposit box. But some of you need to balance out your retirement portfolio. And if you go to HughGold.com or text my name, Hugh, to 474747, Birch Gold will send you all the information on buying gold or on rolling over 10 to 25% of your portfolio into a physical metals-backed, precious metals-backed IRA. They maintain it. They take care of it. 
but it's yours. You actually own the gold. It's not an ETF. It's not a gold mine or anything like that. It's the physical precious metals stored for you by Birch Gold. Check it out at HughGold.com. And as I said, don't go anywhere. Coming back with Dean Matt Spaulding as the Hillsdale Dialogue continues on this uh, Friday, the 13th of November, 2020, here on The Hugh Hewitt Show. Welcome back, America. Hugh Hewitt with Dean Matt Spaulding. Two Fridays after the election that shook the country and about which controversy continues. And if you wish to register your opinion that we need to reform state voting systems, it, there's a petition at HughHewitt.com. Dean Spaulding, um, I'd like to talk to you about the, 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 the huge turnout, the enormous turnout. Uh, you've got Donald Trump, I think, cresting towards 72 million votes. I'm not sure. And I, and I think uh, Joe Biden will have 78 million votes at the end. It might be 150 million Americans voting. Uh, and so you have a president-elect with a, a, a large plurality, I mean a large majority, but not, um, not without Donald Trump assuming, getting the most votes any Republican has ever gotten. What does that turnout right. tell you? It, it, it tells us that the American people are intensely focused on this election, but it also tells us that this is a country uh, – those are big numbers, but also they're pretty close numbers in the grander scheme of things. Uh, the, the, the president got more votes than he got last time. He got more votes than previous Republican nominees. Uh, this is not a, a, a overwhelming one-sided mandate. And I think it's very important for us to remember. It's, it's wonderful. It's great that those numbers are that high. People are engaged. More people have registered to, uh, to vote in both political parties. Uh, this is a very good sign. But remember, those kinds of things happen. Massive turnouts happen. New registrations happen when the country is divided and divided on fundamentally important questions. Those questions are still before us. They haven't gone away. One side does not need the other side. Indeed, the questions, the questions, what kind of country, where are we going, what kind of constitutional system, does the rule of law matter, uh, all of these questions – they're still on the table. They're before us. I think they're before us in Georgia, but they will be on the table in two years and four years after that. This is by no means a closed uh, question. One could one could argue that um, uh, Donald Trump, having kind of pulled back the court the curtain and kind of turned over a lot of the the kind of status quo of our politics, now leaves an open field for these political debates to be to be had and to be have clear conversations. And we have the attention of the American people. That could be a very good sign for our politics, in my opinion, and I, and I welcome it. I do, too. I, I want to close by talking a little bit about a uh, hundred years hence, what they will say about what we are living through now, because we can look back at a hundred years and see uh, the great dispute of 1876. Clearly, we can see uh, the the era of Lochner. Clearly, we can see lots of things. Clearly, I don't think we can see clearly yet how this era is going to be written about a hundred years hence. To you, Dean Spaulding? No, no, of course not. That's partially because the, the immediate moment, which is this election and its outcome, is so unclear. But even with that, I think we, the, the key thing is what happens as we move forward, as we go into Georgia, as we look to midterms, and as you go into the next set of presidential elections. Which way is the Democratic Party going to go? Are they going to be able to have a stabilized relationship between uh, Biden, who now represents the moderate wing of his party, and the, the base in the House, which is they've picked up, what, three or four more people in the squad. 
what happens to the Republican Party? Who are the candidates? Where is that party going? Does the president run again? Um, I think all those are open questions, which we've got to remain engaged in if we're going to shape how that's going to be looked on years from now. This is by no means over. In many ways, this is merely the opening, I think, of a great conversation, a political constitutional conversation about where our country is going. You know, Matt, I've heard the president-elect described not as a moderate, but as a centrist within the Democratic Party, meaning he has moved as the Democratic Party moved left to the left. He's not a moderate, but he tries to keep his party together. Do you think that's accurate? That's probably a better way of put it. I I don't know that he has a a deep ideological set mindset of his own, but I I will say that one way to keep him as a centrist is precisely to have a Republican Senate uh, to cause that check. If you lose the Senate and the Congress is 100 uh, percent Democratic, they are li- driven by an ideological uh, position and opinion, and they will push him. He went with them in the primaries. Uh, in the election, he was a little bit more nervous, but he's, he, he will go there if he needs to go there. He needs political pressure, which is why those Senate seats are so important to set up the debate where we go after this in terms of midterms and future elections. And those Senate seats are best served by SenateLeadershipFund.org. But I, if you want to serve yourself, go and get a big serving of everything that is available at Hillsdale.edu. Hillsdale.edu. Uh, Dean Spaulding, we got less than a minute. Is the college going to convene a symposium on everything that's happened? I'm sure we will. We talk about these things. We're talking about them now. Uh, we, are, we will convene. We're... <laughs> we're Courses will continue. We will continue. And I I think this will be a keen conversation about uh, the future of the parties. And we'll have something to say about that, not in a partisan sense, but I think in what this means for the future of our constitutional republic. And I think things look right now like we're going to have that conversation. And that's for the good of all of us, good for the country. And we want to be engaged in that conversation. And good for the world. Good for the world. Hillsdale.edu. If you want a foretaste of that, all of the courses and the offerings that are available at Hillsdale.edu. Thank you, Dean Matt Spaulding, running the Kirby Center and the graduate program for Hillsdale in D.C. Thank you, America, for listening. A big thank you to Adam and Harley, to Ben and Dwayne for a great week of work after two great weeks of work. In fact, after 20 years of great work, we'll be back on Monday for the next Hugh Hewitt Show.